This is Marvel 616 Politics, Episode 5, with Andy Kirby and, and Jared Mayo. How's it going, man? <laughs> Doing all right. Is this good? Good time? Yeah, I'm a I'm a little late, but that's because I had to I had to check out something on the server. My boss was trying to show me. No, that's fine. That's fine. Well, cool. What's up with you? Oh, I know you got I know you got to get out by. What What is it? What do you watch? Is it Survivor or the dance thing? Or? Survivor. Oh, Survivor. Survivor. Yeah, absolutely. I you watch Survivor. I didn't even know that show was still on. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> that's what everyone says. <laughs> <laughs> we don't, we don't, uh, we don't get any channels on our TV, so we don't watch anything. I mean, we watch. I guess we watch DVDs. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, I was taking the Tina Turner quiz right now. Oh, I got the last one wrong. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I hope I didn't distract you. Well, it just threw me off. It's hard for me to multitask. It's all right. I'll take it again another time. Okay. All right. Did you? <laughs> you got the last one wrong, but did you get the other ones right? Yeah. Yeah. I got nine out of ten. What did they ask? Like albums and years or what? It was name the Tina song by one by just knowing one line. So they give you one line and you have to guess the song. Hit me. Give me the easiest one. Oh, um, the first one was "There's a phrase that fits." I, I don't know. I do what's what got to do with it. Oh, that's <laughs> one. I, that's one I probably could have gotten. Do you know that this past week I have listened to more Tina than I have in my entire life? I'm trying to like why? Because <laughs> I'm trying to get some good sound bites, some good clips, and everything. <laughs> and I start, I you know, like I start finding myself bobbing my head, like all right, all right, some Tina it's stuff. <laughs> I saw, I've watched some, any songs I don't have, I, I just yank them off of uh, uh, YouTube and then convert them to MP3. And so I've seen some pretty hideous outfits, not from her, but from uh, the populace that's uh, dancing to the grooves and down, in, <laughs> down in the mosque. I've seen some pretty hideous outfits. <laughs> I've seen some wild hair, though, and I will I will attribute that to her. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the late seventies and and early to mid eighties were eighties were uh, a wild time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and give our contact information out for our listeners while we're here. Um, All right, this is Marvel Six One Six Politics Episode Five. Our visit our website at marvel six one six politics dot com or please email us marvel six one six politics at gmail dot com. And you can call in and leave a voicemail. Uh, the number is 985-276-9275, and we will play it on the air so you can all listen to it. And you listeners out there in Ireland, in the U.K., in Australia, we would love to play your messages. So don't feel shy because you don't know the time difference because I'll just pick up the messages whenever. Andy, did we get any emails or any, any oh. calls or anything last time? I, I, I hate to break it to you. I wish you didn't ask because oh. we did not get any emails, but we did get one call, and I can play it for you, but it's five seconds of silence. I think somebody was like, 
think somebody was a little jittery. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't fancy myself as a <laughs> as a intimidating person, but I mean, you might be. I don't know. Maybe it was a Tina fan, and they weren't as in, you know as in the know as you. And I think you scared them off. So could have been intimidation at the last minute. We, I, I Maybe they thought so. they were calling Tina herself. I don't know. <laughs> they were like, "Wait a minute, this isn't this isn't Tina Turner Hotline." <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on with you? Dude, I'm just catching up on some uh, some titles from last week. So I'm doing. What are you up to? Uh, I am finishing up. I just fixed my boss's computer, and we are taping on a Thursday afternoon today, trying to get our stuff out a little earlier. We're averaging up, think about three weeks in between episodes, and I think that's due to schedules. You know, little kids and school and commitments. But. Uh, that's what we're doing here. This one, I tried to do some uh, clips ahead of time. I knew what my Tina's were going to be, so I clipped some music. I'm still trying to look for a, a cool intro, you know, like one that's standard. Every once in a while, we can mix it up, you know, with the with the one we did last time with uh, the Be Prepared, the Coup uh-huh. of the Century. But I would like to have a standard one. I'm looking for something that's not too cliche and not too generic, but also not too hard or intense. I'll let you know. It'd be kind of interesting to see what your little, how your little girls sound saying Marvel 616 politics. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can get them to do that. We can try. <laughs> That's a lot of, a lot of syllables there. It's Barbies now. <laughs> I'll have to tape them when they don't, when they don't know what's going on. So, hey, man, I heard some crazy stuff about your school, and I was trying to tell Jackie, but I forgot all, it all because it was a giant list of uh, <laughs> bad luck. What was going on? Well, we've got a lot of kids out sick. Uh, swine flu has hit Ohio in full force. Really? And every other person has it, apparently. Is it really uh, the swine flu? Big di- is, it really the swine, is it really the swine flu, or is it, uh, is it parents just freaking out? Well, a lot of people have been diagnosed with it, and a lot of people just have the symptoms but aren't going to get it treated or whatever. They're just staying home. Gotcha. So it's uh, it's more than likely that's what it is. Um, we had a, a a big breakout of it in the Dayton area at a, a foster uh, a foster care shelter. Oh my! And um, you know, so it's it's out in full force. I'm definitely doped doped up on vitamin C and echinacea. But <laughs> I, Jennifer and I are not going to get it. <laughs> yeah, no. We had the swine flu outbreak. Um, we had bed bugs come Ugh. to work this week, bed which bugs. are, like, ridiculously hard to get rid of. That's uh, what I heard. We only found one. Yeah. Yeah, you we don't... only found one. So, so far, we're, we're hoping, you know, that it just, we don't know. We don't know what we're hoping, but we're hoping there are more. How did you know that they were bed bugs? Like, how did you identify them? Because I don't even know what they look like. Yeah, me either. But we had a teacher that had bed bugs in her home a couple of years ago. Mm. And as soon as she saw it, she said, that's a bed bug. And we actually had a huge outbreak of bed bugs in Dayton about three weeks ago. They had, it was, it was in, in an older folks' home, Ugh. and they had treated it like four or five times, and they couldn't get rid of it. So they finally had to move all the older people to another facility, close down the building, fumigate multiple times, uh, destroy furniture. They just burned a, a bunch of it. It was crazy. That's so insane. We've got bed bugs and uh, swine flu 
here in the Ohio area. <laughs> man, oh man, my brother went to New York on a business trip, and and he brought the bed bugs home to his house. And oh, so, no. yeah, he. Uh, one time, I asked him to spend the night to watch our kids while we were uh, doing something. No, we had a youth all nighter. That's what it was. And he was like, "Yeah, I can do that. That's perfect." And what I didn't know at the time was he was fumigating his house and needed to leave anyway. And he didn't tell me that he was potentially bringing bed bugs into my home. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> my <laughs> brother, when uh, when you when you listen to this episode, as he does, he's so loyal. He doesn't even care about comics, but he's like, you know what? You're doing it. I'll listen. When you hear this episode, <laughs> you need to email or call the number. Nine eight five two seven six nine two seven five, and you tell your side of the story. And I'm I'm so sad. Oh. Don, Donovan never called in. Oh yeah, yeah, he didn't, did he? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, I'll mention that to him again. I'm making a note right now. Write that down. Oh, speaking of notes, did you find out our answers to our questions that you wrote down from last? I episode? I researched them. Did you Let me find? Uh, I did. I I am. I, I don't know where I put the questions. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Because uh, I switched notebooks. Oh, uh, well, that'll that'll turn your life upside down. We can come back to that. Yeah, because we also had bees at work, too. Ooh. I forgot about that. Yeah. They uh, built some kind of hive or something in one of the classrooms, and they were, like, swooping at the children and stuff. So it was pretty crazy. It was just nuts. So how many kids, like, percentage-wise do you have? did you have out, or do you have out this week? Um, well, one classroom only had seven children in it today, and they're enrolled for 19. Wow. So that was quite a huge leap. But then also, but then the class across the, the hallway had 16 kids. So right. it just kind of varies. It's also the beginning of the month when they have to pay, and if they don't pay, they can't stay. So a lot of parents just said, uh, we're not paying. Like, all right, well, then you can't stay. Huh. So that's how, but I thought it was government... Funded or no? How does that work? It is government funded, but we have two rooms that are private. Not, they're not private pay, but um, if you're income eligible and you need more than Head Start hours, because Head Start hours are only three and a half hours a day. So if you need assistance for longer than three and a half hours, which a lot of our parents do, you apply for money uh-huh. through the government, and they'll give you they'll pay for X amount of your childcare needs based on how much income you have. Now, is it... And so those kids can stay for 11 hours. 11 hours? Holy cow. But I guess that's a work day, I mean, including travel and everything. Sure. And, you know, a lot of parents go to school and stuff, so... Well, how are things going at your work? I, I saw on your Facebook that you were nervous about something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you for asking. Um, yesterday and today we had our open house for our... Um, opening up of the office. We had built a new building, and I'm, I'm sorry to say that the open house is almost a year after we moved into our new building. But <laughs> we, we invited people from the state and all these uh, operators like ConocoPhillips, Chevron, Exxon. Uh, we had all these people come, and it's called an ODT meeting, which is an operator development team meeting. And they, they tell the contractors uh, what's gonna, what the new regulations are for the year and what's on the horizon. The contractors have some input. So that's something we put together um, to foster amity um, between the two groups, which um, we're kind of stuck in the middle because the operators say, okay, we're going to do this. You need this training. We develop the course, and then the 
operators force them to take our course. So we're kind of trying to get them to talk together so that we can standardize it into one one course instead of making them spend money to take all different courses, one for Exxon, one for Conoco. One, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm following you, yeah. Yeah, so we had that yesterday, and the, it was all like a catered event, and we had a, a huge budget for it, and um, it was like the grand opening welcome type thing. And so uh, we had a lot of people from the state come, like I said. Uh, we had a lady who answers directly to our governor, and she's the workforce development uh, chair, probably. So she was here, and um, a lot of people came by, and they were like, uh, not nice to meet you, not, oh, what do you do? <laughs> it was, oh, you like Spider-Man, huh? <laughs> <Because> my, office, <laughs> my office is decked out. But I have to admit... I uh, I blamed it on Jackie. I said, oh, yeah, a little, but, you know, Jackie said that now they have my own office, you know, get this stuff out of the house. So as, <laughs> as much as that's not totally true, you know, what are you going to tell all these high-powered people from the state? Yeah, yeah, actually, I, I, I read a lot. Of, I read over 60 comic books a month, and um, I hardly work, so... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was kind of nervous about meeting all these people. We had to dress up nice and everything. But today was the golf tournament because we hosted a golf tournament at the local country club, and um, I went out there to help with putting up registration banners, signs, and uh, handing out drinks and food and stuff. And today is actually probably the best day of weather that Louisiana has seen since summer began. It was. It had a nice little breeze. It was in the low 80s. It, it was nice. And we went out there, and uh, there's hunting grounds right next to it. So you can shoot golf, and you can shoot deer. But Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a lake they had, uh, a couple people fishing. So it was, it was really nice. I was impressed. I didn't really want to go out there. I thought I could stay in and uh, do a lot more work without people coming in. But uh, I, uh, it was good. It was good. Oh, man. Yeah. So, so I, you know, I was uh, a little bit nervous. You miss Ohio then? You I miss do. Ohio then because we definitely had a frost warning this morning. Did you really? Holy cow. Yeah, first day of October, frost on the cars. Man, oh, man, I can't believe that. It was 80. <laughs> we woke, <laughs> That's awesome. We woke up, <laughs> we woke up and it was, it was probably 60, but, you know, it gets up to, it's a, it's a muggy 60 degrees still. It just started on Tuesdays when it started to cool down. So everybody's crossing their fingers hoping it lasts because we had a couple of them where it really cooled down and then it got right back up to the hundreds. So That's nice. Yeah, it's too intense. Too intense for me, the hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> How's Jennifer? Uh, she's, go she's going to a little a taste of home party tonight. I don't know where they're going. That is. Yeah. She's a subscriber to the magazine. It, like, sends you recipes and stuff in a magazine form. Oh. And they're having some kind of demonstration thing in the area, so her mom and sister and her are all going to learn how to make recipes that they'll never make for us. So it's <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> oh, I got to tell you, I, have, I just thought of this story. I have to talk. We'll, after this, we'll get the comics. I promise. Listeners, if you're still listening and you're not bored out of your mind, <laughs> this is great. All right. So, a door-to-door -door salesman comes by. This is a couple weeks ago. 
And uh, Miss Jacqueline takes a pamphlet, you know, and says, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever, you know. And he says, we're just coming by to see if there's any, um, you know, interest in what we're selling and uh, to get your number. And if you take a pamphlet, then you get your name put in for a drawing. He's like, oh, okay, that's fine. And I'm a sucker for door-to-door, like kids selling stuff door-to-door if they try. You know, like if, if if they're trying then I'll help them out. But if they're not, then I'm just like, no, no thanks. But so this guy, she didn't think anything of it, and later we receive a call that we won. We won the drawing. And the prize is three days and two nights hotel accommodations to one of 80 locations, uh, and it's good for a year. And I was like, this this is, sounds like a scam, you know? Like, yeah. are they... Are they casing the joint? Are they, you know, what are they doing? Like seeing what time you're home? And <clears throat> so anyway, I, I gave Jackie a hard time. I said, you know, did you get a name? Did you know what company? Do you know what product they're selling? And I made her feel really stupid. I didn't mean to make her feel that way, but it was, it was kind of like, you know, now they know they, how many kids we have and everything just by opening the door. And but so anyway, they call and they say, you won. And so we set up this appointment. They said, the only catch is you have to listen to our spiel. And I was, right at that point, I would have been like, oh, no thanks. And I would have turned it down. But Jackie's like, oh, okay, yeah, three, you know, I could use a vacation. So (laughs) she, you know, she answers it and and, uh, goes along with it. So she sets it up for Thursday night. It was last Thursday night at 5.30. So I get home, I get home around 5.30. So when I got there, uh, she, the lady was already there. And first of all, it was supposed to be a guy, so I was happier it was a lady because I wasn't there when he got there. But she's showing us this air purification vacuum system, and it's the, a Rainbow product. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it, Rainbow Cleaners? No. All right, well, I, had, I hadn't either. You know, you hear Kirby, Oric, you know, all this other stuff, Dyson, but I, I've never heard of Rainbow. So she starts... Uh, doing this, and I'm I'm trying to be nice to her for Jackie's sake, and not that I would be rude, but the, paying attention. I I tried to pay attention. So it gets to the point where it's almost eight o'clock, right? And I asked the lady ahead of time when Jackie left the room for a second. I was like, okay, all right, how much is it? You know, like I know you're getting to it, but how much is it? She's like, oh, it's only twenty eight hundred dollars. I was like, what? $2,800? And I played it cool. I was like, oh, is there a payment plan? She's like, oh, yeah, payment plan. <laughs> so I was like, all right, like if it's 20 bucks a month and I pay for 30 years, then yeah, maybe we'll get one, right? <laughs> but but um, the end of the thing, Jackie hears the number, and she's like, holy cow, no way. So <laughs> the payment plan is for like $350 a month, and we wouldn't even buy a car for $350 a month, so there's no possible way we're buying a vacuum. So the lady's like, oh, are you interested? And we were like, mm, you know, I don't think so. I don't think so. Thank you for your time. And it was 8 o'clock, and we are trying to, you know, sort of help her get out the door. And she's <laughs> like, well, um, you need to give me some contact information for some of these other people you know, if you give me this many people and you get them to uh, do the presentation, then you get, you know, two of the smaller machines for free and blah, 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 blah. So we're like, okay, wh- whatever, and we write down these names and stuff. And um, 
I wrote down a guy's name at work, and I kind of gave a chuckle, like, ha, 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 yeah, he's stuck with this thing. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the other people, and I legitimately forgot, I legitimately forgot to warn this guy, but I warned some of the other people. I was like, hey, just so you know, ignore this phone call. We had to, you know, we had to give her the name so that she would leave. So he get, he calls me last night. He's like, Andy, some lady from Rainbow asked, uh, called my cell phone and asked for my girlfriend and wanted to know, you know, when we'd be purchasing a home. And like she said, that Andy and Jackie uh, said to call you. And he was like, call me back right now. <laughs> he was freaking out. And I was like, oh, uh, don't worry about it. Uh, just forget about it. And he would not take that for an answer, so I had to explain the whole thing to him. But to wrap up the story, I think we do actually get this vacation. Because uh, I asked. For real? Yeah, I was like, so this vacation, because we didn't buy it, we don't get it, right? And she was like, oh, no, you, you still get it. But if you change your mind about the buying, you know, let us know. And I was like, well, do we have to listen to a presentation, like, at the vacation resort? And they're like, no, no, we just did the presentation. I was like, oh, all right, okay. Wow. So, who knows? I, I don't know. So, how do you find out about going on this vacation? Well, we have all the information, the pamphlet and everything, and what you do is you pick one of 80 locations, and it's like, you know, Wisconsin Dells or Orlando or... Uh, Miami or Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and you you just pick which one you want and say, all right, do you have rooms available for these nights? And you give them the promotion code, and they, they that's it. I know. Weird, huh? Interesting. You're going to show up, and it's going to be like a hut. I hope not. 80 locations of a <laughs> hut? <laughs> that's Eight terrible. locations. You're staying in a soup kitchen. Yay! All right. <laughs> for your stay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> so what are you guys thinking of doing it? I don't know. Uh, I want to go on a ski trip with her because she's. we've never got to go on a ski trip since we've been married because she's always been pregnant. <laughs> so <laughs> in, in the past five and a half years, she's always <laughs> she's always been pregnant or had a small child. So um, if we can figure out where the kids go and who's going to take them, then I'll take her skiing. But if not, then who knows? <laughs> That's like a good Facebook quote. <laughs> you I've always wanted to go skiing, but for the past five years she's been pregnant. <laughs> I can't help that. Come on. <laughs> You're right. You had nothing to do with it. <laughs> well, I had something to do with it. <laughs> All right, so well, what's going on? Uh, what what picks did you have this week? Let's get to let's get to some comics here. Stop talking about my wife's pregnancies. <laughs> well, do you mind if we do maybe a little bit of a, a segue with comics, but a little a little bit of animation in there too? Oh, you do it, sir. All right, I want to know if you watched the Superhero Squad. Okay, animation. I knew I knew you were going to ask me this, and I meant to watch the whole thing today. I probably got I think I have five minutes left in it. And uh, just the first episode, because I haven't seen the rest, but I think three episodes are out by now. Um, I there are four. Oh, oh, well, I'm way behind then. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I think, probably 13 minutes of it, and I, I don't know what to think. It was kind of weird. 
It was really weird. What did yeah. you think? Well, I loved it because it was just silly. Like, I mean, I'm taking it you we watched that episode, the pilot episode with the mole man. Right, yeah. Okay. I mean, there are just so many. It's just, you can't really go into it, I don't think, expecting to see, like, you know, these great stories written by comic book legends or anything like that. <laughs> um, I think you have to have a really open mind about the seriousness of it all. You make me sound, that you make me sound like I'm a jerk. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm saying anybody. I'm not meaning you. Not, not at all. Because I think Jennifer thought the same thing. Okay. She's like, this is like for kids. Yes, very good, honey. It is a cartoon on the Cartoon Network for children. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's just it's aimed for, like, you know, eight-year-olds. But there are enough inside jokes that I was able to laugh at stuff that kids wouldn't have. I got you. And they're just, like, these cute little super, like, cute little Wolverine. <laughs> it's just, I just thought it was really funny. I, I found myself laughing out loud a couple of times, especially on some of the, the other episodes. Well, I, I'm just in love with it. And I check every day to see if someone's uploaded a new episode. Where, do you have them all? Yeah, got all four. Well, you gotta pass them to me. I think I'll do that, and we'll I'll edit that right we'll now. We'll edit these out. <laughs> we'll edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, pass it to me. I am interested. I mean, I, I'm up to date on. I try to stay up to date on everything because I'm like a completist, but. Uh, I'm up to date on the you know spectacular Spider-Man. I'm up to date on the Wolverine, the X-Men. I I'm not with Iron Man. Um, the was it armor? I forget what it's called. Yeah, I haven't seen any of them. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't either. Oh, okay. My turn. Have you downloaded Spider Woman number one yet? I knew it was coming. Blast. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, oh, man. I have it. At least the first one. I'm like episode... What? Uh, three just came out. Four's coming up. Yeah, now there's like a music video for it. A music video? Yeah. Have you been to Marvel.com? Uh, yeah, I go there frequently. <laughs> but I haven't seen the music yeah, video. It yeah, it says that there is a Spider-Woman music video. Oh, I thought that was just clips. Well... That's cool. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, like I said, I'm a loser. I haven't checked it out yet. But I saw the preview that said there's a they, Spider Woman music video. They up, is. They up the Spider price. Spider Woman, watch the new music video. Watch your step from Dan Phillips featuring Arana. Aranya? Aran Anna Abbey and the Marvel Music Group. <laughs> I don't know if I approve of all that. <laughs> well, we. I'll, I'll go check that out. That. That does sound cool, but they raised the price from ninety nine cents to one ninety nine. I think it was a promotional price. What? Yep. So you missed out. It cost you a dollar. That's crazy. Yes. Yeah. Well, I still. I still. Economy. <laughs> That's true. But if you pick up all the pennies that people leave around, then you can, you know, you can afford it once every. <laughs> but um, Spider Woman uh, on a on a. A similar note, Spider Woman number one just came out in uh, on paper form, on the comic format, and it's a little bit different. I thought it was exactly the same thing, but the script's a little bit different. They like edited some stuff out of the the motion comic. Hmm. So what does that mean? That means that I have to watch it and then I got to read it again because I can't let it go. Well, so that doesn't sound like a very good idea. 
doesn't well, sound like a good plan, good marketing. Well, I think, I, I don't know. Some of the stuff they do, some of the splash pages, they, they, tra- they don't translate that well. Uh, they do a good job with it, like a memory scene in the background. But I don't know why they left out some of the wording. I'm not sure. Maybe to make it more friendly to new individuals, but I'm not sure. Or new comic readers. I'm not, I don't know, I'm not positive. But check that out. You got so you have Spider Woman number one. Have you read it yet? The um the comic I have book. Spider Woman number one. The comic book, yeah. No, I've not read it. Oh, Jared. I know. I'm such a loser. That's why I talk to you all the time about time management and figuring out <laughs> when you read your comics because I just cannot manage my time. Dude, I am up on all my comics except for um, Incredible Hercules number one thirty five. I think I I think I got them all. <laughs> and <laughs> I saved that one to last because I cannot stand it. I hate it. I can't. I don't understand. I, I I read all these reviews, and people are reviewing it like, oh, it was number two this week. I'll, I'll put it number two. It was great. And I just cannot. Ah, oh. I mean, who writes that? Greg Pak. I mean, he does a good job, I guess. But the subject matter is just insane. Oh, and the the numbering kills me. It's one thirty five. <laughs> it's Incredible Hercules one thirty five, but it's not really. It was Incredible Hulk, but now Incredible Hulk is six oh two. Yeah, and they're still having Hulk go on, right? Which is coming out every yeah, yeah. Not not monthly, just whenever Jeff Loeb feels like putting it out. <laughs> Pretty much. I don't know why that's even in continuity. Speaking Hulk thing. Speaking of continuity, yeah, don't get me started on this whole old man Logan thing. Did you read that? Old no, man, because I haven't read the first ones. I mean, it's been such a long time since they've come out together. Oh. It has. It's been like six. It's five or six months. All right. Old Wolverine, Old Man Logan, Giant Size Number One. I don't want to. I don't know if I want to spoil this for you, but I'll just go ahead and say it. There is no. There is no closure of how it fits into continuity. I mean, if you're going to put something in a in a Wolverine proper title, then it has to be in the six one six. I mean, this would have been. This would have been a great separate title, you know? Why they do that? It's, uh... We discussed last time, didn't we? Uh, yeah, like we... This was, it would have been a good maxi, like, what-if series, like right. a 12-issue right. what-if series or and, something. Oh, goodness. Mark Millar, he's, he's so good, right? And there's blood and guts everywhere, which, you know, it looked cool visually, but... The story was so shallow. I thought it had something deeper. And by the end, you're like, oh, no, it's, that's it. He, he was walking around killing people. All right. Okay, that's cool. And then you're like, I wasted a year of my life. It was like it was like eight parts, eight months, and then this giant size wrapped it up, and really it didn't wrap it up at all. He, he's like, he, he rides off into the sunset. Like, oh, man. Ridiculous. Yeah. Looking through it right now, uh, just from from you know what you can see, it looks like the other ep- the other issues were a lot better. Because I kind of enjoyed parts of the the storyline. Yeah, well, I enjoyed the how it was in the future, you know. But I wanted to know why it was that way, like, and how they were going to change it back. But apparently, if this is in continuity, no matter what, in fifty years, this is how it's going to be. Which I don't believe that for a second. So there's no, they don't tell us why. We get no why answer. No. I mean, we know why Wolverine's the way he is, but we don't know why 
<clears throat> the whole, you know, the supervillains won. So you you read uh, you read some of the X Men and stuff. What do you think of? I know we'll get into the summaries and reviews after uh, we do kind of a state of the nation current events type thing. What do you think of the X Men? You read uh, Dark X Men Confession. You read Dark Rain. Uh, the list, and did you read Uncanny 515? No, I did not make it there. Okay. Not yet. Uncanny is a did good... You? The 515 is a good jumping on point for... It's kind of like a new chapter in Matt Fraction's uh, whole run, I would say. We'll see. I'm not really... I'm just not really feeling the X-Men lately. Ah, <laughs> I know. I'll take anything if it's better. It, it, I think it has potential to get better. If they get rid of the Science X Club thing... Or if it goes somewhere, then uh, we can expect a better storyline. But um, wh- what do you think overall? Of I know you're going to review. You're going to review both the the list and the con- and confession. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Give me. Uh, all right. Well, why don't you go ahead and do that? Why don't you go ahead and review those, and then give me your take on it. All right. Let me find my book here. <laughs> gonna be editing this part. <laughs> I can I can edit anything you want. <laughs> I gotta find it. No, All right, fine. here it is. All right, so we got Dark Avengers, Uncanny X Men, Exodus, and this is kind of bringing everything all together with the with the Dark Avengers versus the Uncanny X Men. Oh well, yeah, first, we, let's, let's I, look I, at the I forgot we haven't done Exodus yet. All right, this is this is a big deal. All right. Yeah, this is a this is a kind of an important one. Um, you and I like to discuss Simon Bianchi's covers. So, looking at his cover, what did you think about the Namor versus Century? I'm wondering why. Well, all right. First of all, I know you liked it because Century's got Tina Turner hair. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I mean, uh, I I can respect the fact that um, that the costume is form fitting and it looks like I mean you can see the wrinkles of where his uh, thigh is you know up against his body and that's where you know clothes generally bunch and things like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I try trying to be objective here, but um, I know he's trying to show the impact and everything. But if to me, if you're going to have the hair like the split second the hair exploded, then the fist is way too far away from the face for that split second. I know Namor's fast, but you know you see what I'm saying? Like sure. if the hair explodes like that, it's supposed to be on impact. But his fist is at least two feet away from his face. So he's already he's already gone through that motion. And I don't really appreciate the open nipple here, uh Namor's right nipple. <laughs> which is which is pointing out gallantly toward the left of the picture here. It's pointing to Norman Osborn to let him to come over and touch his shoulder in the shower. That's what it is. That's what it is. Like, <laughs> you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> so what did you what did you? Think? No, I gotta agree with. You. Yeah, it's it's hideous. Simon same, Simon Simone, however you say his name. For me, he's either hit or miss, and 95 percent of the time he's missed. Um, and this is definitely a big miss. It's just, was Sentry even in this issue? How often? I mean, he was very little, very little seen. He was not seen very much. Right. Um, let alone a battle with Namor. Um, it was just very, very quick. Uh, if you look at the first cover, 
that's more representative of, of what really happened. Is it was just a bunch of X Men versus a bunch of Dark Avengers. Right, right. And I like the so first, the, the first cover is all right. The first cover is all right. Yeah, it's kind of a weird shot. Like at the if you look in the very center, you see maybe Psylocke, but everything's centered around the space between the teams. And mm. yeah, you don't find that very often. So it's it's tough to do. Yeah. Trying to jam so many characters in, you know? Right. Like, this yeah. would have been a good gatefold cover or something like that. Yeah, I think you're right. But, uh, I think you're right. We'll go ahead and jump in the issue. Um, we start off again with a, with a review of Beast going into Emma and Scott's bedroom and saying that the secrets that we're keeping, they're going to kill us, and we need to get these things exposed. Emma says that she's not going to talk about it tonight, and Cyclops says we're not leaving the room until we do. We actually will find out the results of this conversation in Dark X-Men The Confession. It's kind of left on the table right here. And I'm pretty um, sure that they use the exact same dialogue, don't they? Yeah, it was really well put together. You thought that was good? I thought that was like, oh, I don't have to write three pages. Awesome. <laughs> it's already, I think sometimes when people do, I mean, how many times have you had Spider-Man's origin recapped? with him talking to Uncle Ben, and there are like 30 different versions of it. Well, you know, yeah, that's This is true. just one version. This is how it happened. All right, well, if you put it into Spider-Man terms, I guess I'll let it go. <laughs> i got to talk to you at your level, Andy. <laughs> talk to me at mine. If you give me X-Men characters, I'll give you Spider-Man. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> then we cut to a sweet shot of, uh, I guess it's the Dark Avengers ship coming up over Asteroid M. Is that Asteroid M? Um, yes. Or did they raise that later? Um, you know, I don't. Um, and basically, yeah. it just starts the battle. I mean, this whole issue is, is really just a big old fight between the X-Men and the Dark Avengers, and and that's fine. Every I mean, what, what man doesn't enjoy just watching it, just reading a comic book with a fight and not a whole lot of romantic drama between Cyclops and, and Emma. <laughs> so that was a huge selling point for me because sometimes the X-Men become such a soap opera that it's hard to read, and it's really just not something I'm interested in. Whereas this one was just kick butt from page two to the end. I have to so, agree with you. What did, what did you think about that? Did you, do you agree with that statement? Did you like all the action going on? I do. I generally do. Um, I, I, like, I like plot development, and if, if people are having soap opera stuff for, for a reason and not just... It's a fine line between uh, plot progression and character development. So, like, if you're telling us something about the character that we're going to see later on, like, oh, that's why later she did this or that's why he did that, then, um, you know, then spend the time. But I really think that you have 22 pages to get the most amount of information into it. And uh, I like how Bendis does it. He, he seemingly wastes a lot of time with his uh, repeated sentences like, well, you, you don't know, you know, where he, where he cuts it, you know, he cuts it off and repeats his sentence, but I think it shows more about the character if you pay attention to how he writes each individual character. But if you're just using that space, if it's like three pages of fight scenes and no, uh, no dialogue or no meaningful dialogue, then I do kind of have a problem with it. And... You know, you can you can argue that this was one of those times, but at least we get Colossus versus Venom again, and uh, we can see X-23 versus Dokken, and, you know, it, it was kind of meaningful. So I, I liked it. 
totally agree with you, man. If you know, give me the give me the drama to advance the plot, but I like to see people punch each other in the face. <laughs> and who doesn't? That's right. Or or like, doesn't Jackie? Didn't she really like it when war passed through that knife to that soldier's head? Oh yeah, she was thrilled with it. Yeah, she when she heard you talking about it, she was like, oh yeah, that's I'm glad you're hanging out with Jared again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this issue's for her. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, Cyclops orders uh, Wolverine and X-23 to, to hurry up and take out Omega and Dokken. Um And there's a really cool shot of Hawkeye slash Bullseye jumping down. It just shows how fast he is. All right, so Hawkeye is shooting his arrows and quickly takes out two people. I'm, I'm, I know that one is a null, but I think the other one might be Husk. I'm not really sure. Um, that was kind of an issue I had with this episode is... There are so many X-Men characters, they kind of run together. And when they're wearing blue and yellow, you can't really decipher who's who. That's true. That's true. It but, didn't uh, even cross my mind that that was Husk. I just dismissed it as somebody I didn't know. I, I kind of... Who else it could be? I don't know. I kind of liked Husk, but I'd hate I'd hate for her to be in this issue. I, I don't know. I, it just it doesn't seem... It seems like she was a down-home girl, and she would have stayed out of this mess. Well, you look at um, the secret inv- X-Men Secret Invasion, and Husk appeared for, like, three panels. Did she really? So it's kind of like, yeah. I it's kind of like, well, we'll just have, she'll be one of those that just appears just to say that, yeah, she's accounted for, we know where she is. We'll hurry up and take her out with an arrow and focus on some other people. Right, yeah. So he takes those two out, and then uh, Cyclops orders Angel to take out Bullseye. So in the coming pages, that is pretty sweet. Um, we got a couple X-Men teaming up on Ms. Marvel. I really don't know who they are, though. So, one says, remember us, remember the Castro, uh, because we remember you. Do you know what that's alluding to? No, I don't. Uh, that might be... No, when I read that, I was like, what are they talking about? That might be new a new X-Men thing. Like, uh, okay. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I'm not sure. So then we move on, and we've got the rematch again with Venom and Colossus really sweet and then also Wolverine and X-23 versus Dokken and the Collective got some good visuals on there the art I think this is Mike Diodato am I correct? I think you're right cut back to Bullseye versus Angel I'm sorry? yeah it is I'm sorry it is so cut back to to the woods with Hawkeye versus Angel who's now turned into Dark Angel and they start going at it and, and that only makes sense because you really think Angel would be any kind of uh, formidable opponent versus Bullseye. Right. And not I was, in the least. I was kind of confused, like, when, you know, how come Bullseye couldn't do anything when Angel was holding them? But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're right. Uh, then we have uh, Norman Osborn shows up and brings out his big guns, the Sentry and Ares. Uh, they show up to bring about destruction, and Namor goes right after Sentry. Uh, looks like he's pushed them back, and then Sentry flies back and pushes Namor through buildings. Pretty sweet visual there. And then we've got uh, Osborn up against Cyclops. Sweet panel uh, with with Iron Patriot holding Cyclops defeated over top of him. Uh, that just kind of it just summarizes that it looks like the battle is over. Uh, he's got his lead, the leader right above him, ready for defeat. Uh, that was one of the coolest panels of uh, the issues I'll be reviewing. Yeah, it was just sweet. Like, um, Cyclops though says that he's got a plan, and that he just has to look at it from his perspective. 
as he sees Moonstar and Cannonball on their way to take down Ares. Um, and as you remember, I don't know if you remember this or not, but at one time Moonstar was a Valkyrie from Asgard, and it sounds as if she made a deal with Hela to get the Valkyrie powers back. Ah, so we'll so probably be, we'll uh, probably see that in New Mutants coming up because uh, I heard yeah. an interview with Zeb Wells, who's the writer of New Mutants, and he said that uh, Danny Moonstar was getting her powers back somehow. So yes, that'll be interesting. It'll be be good to find out what deal she made with Hela as well. Right. Um, but not only did Moonstar come back, but it looks like she brought the other New Mutants with her, including Sunspot, which I know we talked about last time. You know, Sunspot's allegiances. You know, what's he doing? Is he with the New Mutants? Is he with that splinter group that was attacking people in the streets? Not really sure what's going on with Hellion. And to round out the cast, Dark Beast shows up and quickly takes out Dazzler and Northstar. Again, you can barely tell it's Dazzler for the, all the yellow and blue and similar faces and hair color and all that stuff. So it would have been nice to maybe have some differentiation between some of the characters uh, just so people could know What's going on? Then we cut back to Colossus and Venom again, which is was really cool. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed one. Mimic. Mimic's still there, and he battles Iceman, who just tells him that, you know, you can't not, uh, you can be a cheap copy, which will never be the real thing, and takes him out along with the young X-Men's help. Then, this is the part maybe I was a little confused about. You can help me. Dokken goes to jump after Pixie and X-23, and then all of a sudden, he falls down, and Hisako appears, armor. Right. Was it because Pixie teleported and he missed them? Yes, I think so, yeah. It's kind of a weird uh, weird panel. It seems like it should be on the next page. But um, you're right, it's X-23 and Pixie, and he's going for it, and all of a sudden, yep, it looks like Pixie teleported them out, and then teleported armor in, and she and he hit the armor. That's what it looks like. I, okay, now I can follow you. Okay, that's what it must have been. Right, so he's okay on either unconscious or you know hurt, jarred, if you will, from uh, hitting the armor. With jarred. <laughs> <laughs> All right, switching scenes. We've got Emma Frost running into Professor Xavier talk about the big plan and how what they're going to do to defeat the Dark Avengers. And what what's revealed is that uh, Emma is going to have to go into the Sentry's mind and take care of him that way, uh, because she created a white room in his mind before. What's cool is that when we switch to Emma being in the Sentry's mind, we have an art change, and we go to Terry Dodson. Right, and she, she really cool. has a different costume, too. Yes, she's got. She's back in her old white Hellfire costume. Um, we've got different visuals. It's good. It, it really helps, at least me, see that you know we're someplace else. And, and so uh, Emma is talking to, to Bob and trying to coax him out to leave the void and to come into the white room uh, to just leave the void and so that she can defeat him. And also because there's no other way that they can think of to defeat the Sentry. Um, as she brings him. Out of the white room, out of the black room, and into the white room, a sentry goes flying off, and she grabs and she uh, has power exploding out of her head, and and uh, there's this huge explosion, and we see the void flying up into space, chasing sentry. So now the void is out and free, 
century is running away. Emma's head is exploding. <laughs> These are stinging children. <laughs> We've got swine flu. It's just really bad. Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> so, but uh, also Emma changes to diamond, and you see a small little black piece of the void is inside of her. That is interesting to come. And we've got some more of Aries versus Moonstar. And she really just kind of busts it down with her Valkyrie powers and takes them out. Uh, Wolverine goes after the Collective. The girl team takes on Dakin again, Dokken again. The Void continues to chase Sentry. Uh, the, the young X-Men are kicking the crap out of Mimic. And finally, it just looks like Osborn is defeated. His Marvel or Moonstone, whatever you want to call her, says that the only way that they're going to win is if they kill everybody. Unfortunately, there are too many cameras around. Cut to a huge, large, double-page spread of all the X-Men that are there. Even though many of these people didn't battle, like, uh, there's Nightcrawler. Yeah. I didn't see him. I saw, I saw there's Nenzo. I didn't see him. And then a bunch of people in blue and yellow outfits, so who knows who they are. Right. But it just, Cyclops just said, Mr. Osborne, we're all X-Men now. I gave you a chance. I told you to surrender. He chose not to. Um... So Ms. Marvel and Iron Patriot kind of weigh the options really quickly and decide that they're going to retreat. Everybody cheers because they've defeated them. Cyclops gets on TV and makes a statement, basically just saying that this is our area. Uh, it's very reminiscent of when they had Genosha uh, back a couple years ago, but that this island is going to be a safe haven uh, for all mutants and we have been and always shall be sworn to protect a world that hates and despises us, but now we shall all be free. And just basically demand acceptance by by the world. They don't really, he's not really giving them a choice. However, Norman Osborn, we cut to uh, back to Terry Dodson, and he has drawn up a scene with Norman, uh, basically telling the world and spinning it to his way that they've defeated the X-Men. His X-Men and Avengers have defeated those X-Men that he's proud that they are over there and they're not on American soil any longer and they call it utopia, but he calls it a prison. So it's kind of a, a spin and you can just kind of believe whatever you want to believe about it. Going back over, we see construction taking place on utopia. A bunch of people are injured, so the healers are working overtime. Cyclops and Emma decide that they're going to be leading together and he knows that he's not al Cyclops knows he's not alone in this. He's got Emma by his side, and they're going to be leading differently than they have in the past with Xavier's dream. Overall, the issue, like I said, you know, I liked it because there was lots of fighting and stuff. Uh, it would have been even sweeter if it was longer because there could have been a lot more extended scenes to see how Archangel fought Hawkeye, uh, to see the extent of Iceman kicking Mimic's butt, to see how Wolverine took out Collective. But it's all right. I thought the art was decent. I liked Diodato's art for the most part. He's no Jim Lee or anything, but <laughs> it was decent. Yeah, I liked it too. I uh, I found that it would have been better if we we got, like you said, if we saw how exactly Archangel took out Hawkeye. And and at this point, I'm way more interested in the in the villains than I am the heroes here in the X Men. So I would like to see how they got defeated. Like, what's their power? Ares. We saw you know a little bit more about Ares, how he got defeated more so than Hawkeye and Venom. But I think that Fraction was trying to say, well, that's not the point. 
the point is that X-Men can handle anything, either in a group or as a team, or we, we can come up with a solution and take these guys out. And it's not how, but it's the fact that we can. So I can respect that, and I understand he's only got a certain number of pages and everything. I kind of, what did you think about the art shift? Like, um, I like the art shift for the part with Century, but then at the end, I didn't see the reason for the art shift. Right, unless it's trying to say that it's a new era, but I, I don't see that. I don't see the art just or the text, the script justifying that kind of shift. Yeah. But I did find it interesting that Emma's still in her Black Queen outfit at the end there. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, maybe that will. I mean, I know that. I hope that they uh, that they really kind of draw out the void inside of Emma, and they don't deal with it right away, but that it causes problems, and that, that they spread it out over over a year, but they keep touching on it. Like Matt Fraction, I can I can go either way on him. Like I understand. He's been putting bits and pieces into each book, and the, you know the culmination is what's happening here. And then this is kind of you know the end of everything that from the beginning, and then it's a new chapter, like I said, in five fifteen. But I didn't like how he wrote it. I like the fact that he wrote all those people, all those pieces into it, but I didn't like how. Like it was one page here with Magneto and one page here, and, but it didn't seem to have cohesion. And I think he was telling the the fans, you know, wait till the very end, you'll understand. And I don't want to understand. I want to enjoy a good story, you know. Sure. I so think that's been a problem with his whole the whole time he's been writing. I think it's been a huge problem. Yeah, I I think so too. And I I think that Marvel's given them a lot of leeway because they know the end game. They know how it's all gonna turn out in the end, and every piece works together. But still, from a reader's point of view. I remember when I was first getting into comics, I couldn't read the X-Men or the back issues of the X-Men, or I guess it was earlier when my friends were all into comics, because I would read X-Men and it would jump so much I wouldn't know anything that was going on. And even if you read three, you know, three issues in a row, you would be like, well, this is a totally new character in the third issue than the first issue, and I, I just can't do that, you know? Like, Spider-Man was way more uh, chronicle. Mm, that makes sense, yeah. Right, and, and but X-Men, because they're dealing with so many characters, and each character is so diverse, and they try to develop so much, and then you have to add the plot in, it's it's a lot more difficult, you know, to weave that tapestry. But I think that if you did chronicle it a little bit better, it, would, it wouldn't read like an X-Book, but it might read a little bit smoother. What do you think? I'm with you. I think, I think you, you're totally right. You look back, and really, you can pick up a Spider-Man issue, and um, there's a lot. Of, it just kind of flows. Whereas the X-Men, not much. Right, right. They, I mean, they have a convoluted past. Uh, they have a convoluted history, but I think part of the reason of that is there's so many plot lines and subplots going on, which makes the story intriguing for longtime readers if you can cope with how they they craft it. But for new readers, it's very difficult to jump aboard. And I think that's something that Mike Carey, uh, he does a better job with that than, than Fraction. And, of course, I'm, I'm referring back to, you know, when he had Cable on his team and everything um, a couple years ago. That was really good. But now he's still chronicling that, and my complaint with that is the story's boring, like the content. 
he's writing the story well, but the content is just, he has crap characters to deal with, and how long can you look at the inner workings of, profess, of the professor trying to get his memories back, and and now we're on to Rogue. So I'm, I'm interested to see where he goes with Rogue, because he did well with Rogue last time, but it seems like it's a different Rogue. So, anyway... All right, buddy, you want to take an issue now? All right, good, good. Let's, uh, I picked, I did uh, New Avengers 57. I do want to say that we, we, pick, we pick four four or five each, each time we do this so that, you know, it doesn't drag off for hours and, and we don't lose interest. And you guys, the listeners, don't lose interest. But there, are, there is a lot going on right now in the Marvel U. With Captain America Reborn 3 was good. Dark Avengers 9, of course, was good. Um, the whole list, and actually three lists came out, The um, three issues of the list came out, and we wanted to talk about that, but unfortunately none of them are really that good. They kind of they kind of are, <laughs> are side issues, and um, so we're not talking about those. We'll, we'll talk about the list in general a little bit later on. They're not even worth it to review, I don't think. Like I said, Old Man Logan, and then the Avengers, the Marvel's Project 2 came out, which was good, and we're leaving Mighty Avengers off the list because it has Amadeus Cho and Hercules in it. Not really. That's not why we're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) But still, Slot has a long way to go, I think. All right, let's start out here. New Avengers 57, Brian Michael Bendis and Stuart Immonen. Now, I picked this one because I thought it read better than the past two or three perhaps four issues with the new Avengers. It was more Bendis-like. It, it had a slower pace. A lot of people complain about the, the slow pace that Bendis goes at, but it has a lot more character-driven stuff, and I can I can last for an entire 12 issues to get to a point where the characters are in a, a new place, so I don't mind that. We start out with a cover, right. uh, and I actually thought this cover was pretty good. for. Did Eminem do the cover on this one? I think it he, looks like yeah, it. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, it's all the same guys actually inside. So I thought this was okay because it looked like there's a little bit more attention to detail, probably because the framing is closer to the viewer, uh, the reader, than previously. I think the further away he gets, the less detail that he puts into his characters. And that's something you just yeah. don't see with yeah. Diodato or, or Garney, Silvestri. Well, maybe a little bit with Silvestri, but... Reminded me a lot of Lionel Yu. I think is that how you say his name? Uh, I think it's Lionel, Lionel, the guy that. Yeah, I think it's Lionel. Lionel Yu. Lionel Yu. It just really his fingers and some of the lineage on it really reminded me of of him. Yeah, I can see that. I can see the the um, the uh, inking a little bit when his stuff is. Inked. I like the second cover better. <laughs> you are a sucker for these <laughs> superhero squad covers. Yes, yes, awesome. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, that brings up a good point. I don't think Iron Fist was in this issue at all, and neither was no. Falcon. So, all right, or Pyro. Pyro's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the cover has nothing to do with any of the new Avengers. Let's face it. You got Luke Cage as Power Man. All right. We start out with the new Avengers Deep Power. Lying on the smashed remains of Times Square. I think it's Times Square, but it's in New York. We kind of have an inner monologue session with each of the characters that, that's been rendered powerless. Uh, Bendis starts out with Ronan. He's contemplating whether or not the power drain is permanent. 
while trying to assess his health. He's yelling at himself to get up and also wondering what Steve Rogers would do because he's always comparing himself to Steve and he always wonders if he's measuring up, yet he's kind of a hothead and impetuous and, and tries to and says, this is what we're going to do. But then afterwards, he always thinks, uh, would Rogers have done that? Uh, Spidey, who is actually praying to God not to let him die in front of Norman Osborn. Not, please don't let me die. He said, please, not in front of Norman. Uh, he says, I know I'm going to buy the farm one day. We're all going to. But please not with Norman Osborn standing over me. And I thought that was cool. I like how Bendis always brings it back, you know, to, to the history behind the character, even stuff that I don't know. He always, he always tends to bring it back. Then we go to Carol, who has no thoughts because she is barely alive. Um, I, I think it's odd. I wanted to point out, and I wanted to know what you thought. I think it's odd that she is now on the new Avengers when she was on the mighty Avengers when the two teams were at each other's throats. Do you think about that? Yeah. Where where did that change happen? What I, did I miss an epi- an issue? Uh, did this just come about after the Skrull invasion after, and she decided to go rogue? I, I can't remember exactly what she decided, but I think that after the Skrull invasion, after she saw the vulnerability, she said, you know, we have to trust these people and we can't necessarily trust the government, and so I'm going to join uh, with this team because it's m- it's the most like what I was trying to stand for before. And let's face it, Mighty Avengers, come on, who wants to be on that team? With Pim? Come on. <laughs> what a jerk. All right, so he, she's she's with the right group. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we pass to Jessica Drew, who is Spider-Woman, and she is lapsing in and out of consciousness, and she is worried about Ms. Marvel as well as losing her powers permanently. Her mind wanders uh, to whether or not she would like to lose those powers, though. And she seemingly concludes that she would not, which is uh, a big surprise to her. Uh, next, we go to Luke Cage, who is gripping his chest still. He seems to be having a heart attack, but we don't know for sure. Um, but he's still strong enough to crack the cement beneath his fingers, huh? You see that? Yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's strong enough to, to tear away concrete, and uh, <laughs> but he's having heart problems, so I, I don't know what that's about. <laughs> anyway, his thoughts are about dying and if he will get to see his daughter grow up, and that's his main concern. And finally, we have Captain America, Bucky, who doesn't seem to be too worried about the situation. He's more ticked that they, they are the ones that uh, let the tech out to do this in the first place. They left it out. He's also anxious to see how Osborne is going to talk his way out of this. So he doesn't, he's not worried about, are we going to survive, are we going to die? Because this guy, I think, has the most training, uh, aside from D- Carol, and maybe Jessica Drew, maybe Spider- Spider-Woman, because she was S.H.I.E.L.D. and Hydra, right? Yeah. <clears throat> but he's had the most... Well, and he's old school. Oh, yeah. You know, he's, like, been through everything. This is just, like... One other thing, you know. Exactly, and that's what I, I just love that character so much. I, I think he's fantastic as Captain America, and he's yeah. not—he's not always comparing himself to Steve. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it would be easy to slip into that role and say, "Oh, I'm not like Steve Rogers. I can't do this." He wants to live up to the name, but he also is going to do it his way. He's got a, his different uniform. He's got—he um, keeps his gun, you know. 
Yeah, Captain America with a gun. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then we cut to a splash page of Osborne and uh, Osborne and both down sets of Avengers teams surrounded by the Hood's old gang. We find out that the the gang is really after. Uh, we find out what the gang is really after, and uh, it's for Osborne to cut them a deal, just like they had with the Hood. They want to get off scot free if caught doing anything illegal, and in exchange, they will give Osborne the power drainer and the new Avengers. Uh, Norman tells the Wrecking Crew, who seem to be the ringleaders of Harrow's group for now, to give him back his armor so he can talk to Harrow. They turn off the drainer, and Osborne asks why he should trust Harrow. It's still in his helmet. He's talking in his helmet. And, uh, and, and, and talk about the deal also. Harrow, within the armor... Uh, within the armor's heads-up display, states that they have com- they have them completely surrounded and depowered, and still have not killed them. But not only that, but they are also pretty much surrendering. So he agrees to the terms and tells Harrow to help him deal with those so-called Avengers. As Norman's Avengers begin to compose themselves, an aircraft approaches. It, it turns out to be Mockingbird coming to pick up the rest of the team. Uh, she had been missing from the previous panels and had apparently snuck off to retrieve the ship. She lands she landed directly on top of the Dark Avengers and somehow <laughs> has time to get all the new Avengers in it before Hera's gang can attack. So I don't I don't know what's up with that and I didn't That was weird. That might be a little bit nitpicky and I, and I do have a I do have a problem with that. That's kind of a hole in the plot. Like you got all these supervillains that just took out both Avengers teams. And yeah, you may have landed the ship on the Avengers, but what about all these supervillains that are they're right there, you know? I, I don't know how it happened. It just happened. All right. Norman gets out from underneath the craft and tries to escape, uh, or tries to stop the escape, but Spider-Man jumps out and fights him in midair while swinging from a web, web line attached to an unknown object. We don't see it. Uh, he, forces, <laughs> he forces Osborne to crash into a building, and Spidey swings back to the ship that was apparently waiting for him while Cap covers him by bouncing his shield off a of bullseye's face. So, and, and I'm, not talk- <laughs> I'm not talking about the flat end. I'm talking about the sharp uh, rib <laughs> edge. That, that had to hurt. All right, so the ship leaves with the cloaking device, but Dokken says that he has their scent and he can track them. We cut to Bayamo. Is that how you say it? Bayamo, Cuba? Cuba? Uh, where sure. the hood? <laughs> what? Sure, I think that's that sounds great. That we'll is say a, it like that. That is exactly how it's said. Bayamo. <laughs> <laughs> where the hood, Madame Mask, and Loki are still observing the stones of Norn. Uh, the hood asks Loki how to use them, and Loki responds by telling him that how the power of the stones manifests itself is entirely up to the hood. Madam Mask advises the Hood not to use them and asks if, if the whole thing's about money. She says, is this whole thing about money? Because if so, I have money. She tells him she has the money, offering it to him in a sense, and he tells her it's not about the money. And then he shoots a bullet from his gun, uh, which you can see a trail of, of power, uh, power or magic, whatever, out of it, and causes an explosion of power, demolishing the side of the building. Loki leans in and says, you're welcome. Um, and I wanted to get your take on this. Um, did you notice in the upper right-hand corner? No, okay, the second panel of page 16. Do you see those black lines? Is that like a, an 11? 
What is that? It's like so a, I, I thought maybe I was missing something, or it was a misprint or something. Okay, I, it doesn't. I don't understand. It's like a colon and then a one one. And here's here's what I think. All right, either it's a countdown, which maybe not, um, or it's some sort of you know the magic did something and it's just showing us that there's a split, or it's sort of like three lines and one. The first line is broken because he used our one line, and then we're gonna have a broken, and then it'll be interesting as he uses it in the next few issues to see if, like, it tears away at his personality, or... Because another question is, how come Loki's not using the stones anymore? So, like, if if Loki used them up, or something like that, and then now it's on to the next person, or is Loki playing a trick? Anyway, I just wanted to know if you what you thought about that. Yeah, I, I was kind of befuddled by that too uh, but I think Loki I mean she's she's the goddess well was the god of of trickery right yeah the god so of, the god I would of mischief that using something with the stones to trick the hood and control him or something I mean I don't I see any other reason why she would want to be helping him yeah I don't know either alright well we then cut to Brooklyn and we see the new Avengers rushing into the night nurse's office carrying Luke Cage. Now, I didn't know the night nurse had an office. I thought it was like an alley. Uh, so yeah. I, I don't know what's up with that. Um, <laughs> she yells at them to get out of the room and then demands to know exactly what happened. So she's like, get out, what happened? So <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. And I, I'm, I'm, make, I'm pointing all these out to say that this. I don't think this was a tightly written uh, story, uh, and I, I'm, I'm kind of sad with Bendis because I, I don't really have a problem with him how he usually does it. But his character development, good. The holes in the story, not so good. So, and I'll, I'll point yeah, out bad. a couple more too. Uh, she seems to know Luke a lot better than I thought she did. She she looks at pain, and she like knows exactly who he is and what happened to him. So I don't know what that's all about either. Um, out in the waiting room, Mockingbird is asking who the night nurse is. Ronan is explaining to her as Spider-Woman and Cap are sitting. Spider-Man informs her that she used to date Doctor Strange, uh, and then and then she somehow knows, I guess. Um, meanwhile, Carol is in with Luke, asking what she can do to help, and the night nurse is, is upset because she can't do anything with Luke because his skin is unbreakable. He needs a surgeon, and he needs a heart specialist, and she is neither one of those things. She tells Carol that whatever caused him to lose his powers needs to be turned back on in order to fix the problem. Uh, just then, Norman and his Avengers show up outside, and they demand the surrender of the new Avengers. The team is deciding what to do and who should stay, who should be sacrificed. Both Cap and Carol both volunteer uh, to go out and sacrifice while the rest of the team runs, and both of them have the military training, which makes sense, but... Luke Cage stumbles out of the room attached to some IVs, which doesn't make any sense because he has unbreakable skin. Now, <laughs> if you you can take a look at this, but later on you see that there's sensors, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, what page is this? Page 21, we see, yeah, they're, they're sensors, so that makes sense. But then you see a, a, a bag of IV fluid, so... Yeah. That does not make sense. And I, I don't know if that's a a problem with the artist or, or what. I mean, it's a cool picture. He's holding his own pole full of IVs, and he's, like, you know, ripped up. So that 
That is cool. That's good art, but, you know, that doesn't make any sense. All right. He walks out the door as Nor Norman ends his countdown. Luke Cage, you are under arrest for Bam, and that's as far as Norman gets before Cage loses consciousness and lands teeth first on the sidewalk. To be continued. So it should be interesting. I, like I said, I like how, uh, how Osborne, uh, Osborne, how Bendis writes. He doesn't progress this. He doesn't get very far in the story, but he has a lot of character development and. And the way he writes, and the way I've read him before, it's almost as if you need to pay attention to what's being said, because the characters are asking questions to each other that the reader needs to know, and so the other characters answer them back. And, yeah, we already know who the night nurse is, but what he's doing is saying, you know what, Mockingbird has no idea who the night nurse is, because she hasn't been around. And so that's going to play a role in how she reacts to the rest of the team and how she reacts to this person and I don't know. I, I, I think that's probably one of the best things I like to read in comic books. What do you think of this issue? Yeah. I did not care for it. It just <laughs> uh, what I mean what happened? Yeah, you know, that's my thing. It was just like okay, Avengers are unconscious, saved by Mockingbird, Luke Cage passes out. You're like, no four you're bucks right. for that. You're right. I'll give you that. Uh, I'll you know, give you that. But I, I do agree with your part, though. You know, there was definitely some character progression um, with Luke Cage, with bringing the Night Nurse, with seeing how Mockingbird reacts because she's been on a scroll ship for who knows how long. You know, she doesn't know some of these people. She's not used to interacting with these things. She doesn't know what's happened in the Marvel Universe for the past few years. That that part's interesting. The best, I, I would say, probably the best part of the whole issue was Spider-Man just swinging out, kicking Norman's butt, and swinging back in with with Cap assisting with Bullseye. <laughs> I mean, that was probably the only part that would be worth the money. The rest of this is just kind of, it just felt like filler. Right. Yeah, I I can see that. I'm really interested in where he's going. I wish the Cuba thing would progress a little bit more. Um, I thought we were going places with all the, the mystical stuff, and I thought we were going to see Dormammu. I, I really did. But as soon as Brother Voodoo and the Doctor Strange part of it stopped, then we kind of got a standstill here. And I wonder if he's catering to what's going on in Dark Reign rather than progressing his own story. So I, I'm not sure. It could be. I mean, it feels like right now he's really concentrating on his Dark Avengers. And um, I don't mind that. I think right now Dark Avengers is a better read than New Avengers. But for some reason, I thought that this this might... Well, this particular issue had more to do with the, with the 616 than Dark Avengers uh, number 9 did. And I think this is because now Luke Cage is going to have... Uh, or is going to be caught by Norman Osborn. Whereas this week's Dark Avengers, not too much happened, like you're saying. We get two, you know, two little things that happen. So, anyway, we'll, we'll go to our Tina's now. Uh, we talked about current events, and, well, wait, let's talk about the list real quick, and then we'll go to our award. All right. Okay, the list. Did you read all three of them? I skimmed them. I did not read them. I read up um, some summaries. <laughs> I'm telling you, Andy, the time management thing. <laughs> okay. 
All right, that's got it. I want to be like Andy. You know what? I'm just going to need to have a list of everything you've all of like. Before we do this, I'm going to have to have a list of the things you've read so I can cater. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, I would be embarrassed. <laughs> no, don't be embarrassed. No, just give me a list so I'd like. Cause oh me- no, I don't. But at the same time, like I'm just so envious. Like I want to read sixty titles. I want to be up to date on stuff that I would never read, like Guardians of the Galaxy and Marvel Zombies and Nova and stuff like that. Well, I would never read that. It would be awesome to be up to date on it and and be able to have a conversation with somebody and talk about how stupid Hercules is. <laughs> I would love. I would love to talk about how stupid Hercules is. Yeah. <laughs> well. Anyway, all right. The list. The list of Avengers. We start out with. Um, with the whole group and the, and they're talking and the Ronan's getting mad again and uh, he's talking about killing Osborn. Everybody else says this is a terrible idea. I do have to say that the art was really good in this. So take a, it's by Marco Djurjevic. He does fantastic covers. He does those Thor covers, you know the ones I mean? And he does Daredevil. Oh, those are beautiful. Oh, they, they are. They are fantastic. I, I it's amazing. And if you ever see a picture of this guy, he's got like a, a mohawk mullet thing going on. With it, He dyes it red <laughs> and everything. It, he's pretty impressive. The guy's pretty impressive. So um, the pencils are beautiful. They're not like his covers, but um, it's still really crisp, really clean. <clears throat> so Clint's going berserk. Um, people are saying, no, don't do it. And, and uh, Carol says, you know, murdering is wrong. We shouldn't do this. And Spider-Man is like, it's in the top ten, and talking about the Ten Commandments, and uh, he goes to Mockingbird and says, "You know, what are we going to do? Are you with me?" And eventually, he sneaks off, and he's going to do this by himself. Um, he follows the Sentry, and so eventually, at the at the very end, he breaks into Norman Osborn's uh, or the Avengers ma- uh, the Avengers Towers, and it's ridiculous. He he's at the mercy right now. He's on the ground at the mercy of uh, Norman Osborn. He's all beat up and bloody. And Norman Osborn ends and says, that's one down, talking about his list. Uh, we go to Daredevil, and Daredevil's training, I did like this because this fit really well into continuity with, the whole, with what actually is going on in Daredevil right now. He's in charge of the hand. He just got that position. Um, some police officers get slaughtered. And it, it's supposed to look like Daredevil did it, but I think it's Lady Bullseye working for Kingpin. So he gets set up. Osborn takes the opportunity to send Bullseye after him, and actually Bullseye dons his old costume uh, and takes off the Hawkeye and goes after Matt Murdock underground uh, during one of his training sessions. And so he follows him. Uh, Daredevil follows Bullseye. And Bullseye tricks him into uh, a fight right next to a building where Bullseye blows up a building full of innocent people just to get Daredevil's attention. And it ends a little bit uh, just as bad as the other one, but um, it ends with the good guy, Daredevil, um, White Tiger, and Black Tarantula uh, saying that we're going to send a message to Osborne and to... um, bullseye so and they come out on the offensive and uh ronan was on the defensive at the end we then go to the list x-men which uh, is written by matt fraction 
and Osborne says that uh, he studied everybody, all his um, all his adversaries, anybody who works for him, and he knows how to kill them all because he's he's made files on them all just in case he has to do this. And he has a creature that is part human, part Plodex. Her name was Marina, and it, she used to be. It's like a giant eel worm with a bunch of teeth. And uh, it eats Atlanteans, and this creature used to be married to to Namor. So he sends it out, and he starts whole, because of Namor, uh, his betrayal to Norman in Utopia. He sends it out and starts killing Atlanteans wholesale. Namor goes to the X Men. They team up and they say, "Look, bring it over here. We'll get all your Atlanteans to safety." And they bring it over there, and Namor ends up killing the beast, and he throws it into Osborn's office and it's, it's, its eyes are all black and everything it's obviously dead Osborn is appalled uh, he tells his men to stand down though Namor says and if that thing that was once my wife and if I was willing to do that to her just imagine what I'm going to do to you and Osborn seems pretty pleased with himself he's got a giant green goblin smile on he said, be seeing you, your highness. And then uh, the Atlanteans are all back to their own place. So anyway, I didn't, I didn't like that one that much. It was, most of these are, are filler. It doesn't, it doesn't change anything except maybe uh, Clint Barton is in Osborne's grasp now. The X-Men, Namor and Osborne still hate each other. Um, and Daredevil is after Bullseye a little bit on the offensive, but we knew that he hated Osborne and Daredevil anyway, or and the Bullseye anyway. Yeah. So not a whole lot has changed, and that's what I mean. I was expecting these these things to be game changers, like not that they would be in the core title, but that they would say, all right, Namor's going to take definitive action here, and the story's going to start out here. And I, I don't think, I didn't really see a whole lot of that. Especially in the X Men one, that was really disappointing. What was your take? Well, I mean, like I said, you know, I just kind of breezed through things. Uh, I thought maybe th- probably the biggest change in everything would be uh, everything that happened with Ronan in the Avengers. You know, I, I mean, he did screw a little bit with Daredevil. Excuse me. The X Men was just kind of filler. Yeah, I thought the list was going to be some some high impact stories that kind of were going to be a little more meaty than what they are. So, yeah, it's been a little disappointing coming through these. And, and really, any time you give me Alan Davis, I want to barf. <laughs> I didn't care for the X-Men one. Yeah, it looked, it looked a little... The tone was too light for what it was supposed to be, I think. The tone of the art. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't yeah. know why that was. Now I can see why they were like, oh, you know what, we'll just scratch this last issue off the list and we won't have it. Like, <laughs> I guess it's easy to do that because... And I hope the rest of the issues are a little bit better. My favorite one was Daredevil because it fits so tightly into Daredevil continuity instead of, you know, just the list. Uh, you know, instead of just Dark Reign. It's like, oh, okay, it should be titled, you know, Osborn, the Avengers, Osborn, Daredevil, Osborn, the X-Men, because it's it's just about him. It's not about these these people at all. Anyway... We'll see what the other ones are like. This this month, I think we have three more come out. <clears throat> Maybe four. Yeah, we have the, the Hulk one, right? Yeah, I think so. All right. 
Now on to the best, arguably the best part of our show, the Tina Awards. <laughs> Yay! Da, 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 da. All right, sir, I have three. You have two. All right, I, I yes, shall go first. start us off. All right, number one, Addicted to Love. Amazing Spider-Man 606. Peter Parker has four girls converging on him. He has his roommate, Michelle Gonzalez. He's got that reporter girl who's got a crush on him, Nora, I don't know her name, Nora Roberts, I think. Um, and then he's got MJ who shows up, which if you get a chance to look at that, number 606, not only is a nice J. Scott Campbell cover hearkening back to Amazing Spider-Man Volume 2, number 30 and beyond, but um, and number 52. But also, it has a nice shot of MJ right when she's standing in the door. Like, the way her face and body's drawn, it hasn't been that draw- drawn that well in a long time. And he, it's it's better than uh, Ramita Jr. He does well with the costumes yeah, and the villains. But um, as far as people, the jawline and the cheekbones, it's not. It's not the best. Not the best I've seen. <laughs> so, all right. So that's my number one. And yours, sir? Oh, mine would have to be. We don't need another hero. We don't need another hero. We don't need another one. Or Dark Avengers, Uncanny X Men, Exodus. There were too many X Men in that issue. You we are. Do not need correct. any more. <laughs> we only need a few. It wasn't really even a battle because there were... I mean, it was a cool fight scene, but when you've got 30 X-Men against 7 or 8 Avengers, it's just not even a competition. Uh, let's get rid of some of these guys. It's, it's too many. It's like putting a grasshopper... We don't need another hero. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like throwing a grasshopper on an anthill. Like, yeah, the grasshopper, you know, or the tarantula or whatever it is, it's really big and bad, but... If you got enough ants, it'd take down anything. So that's I a good that. analogy. That, thanks. I'll write that down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number two is break every rule. And what was this for? Yes, of course. Wol- Old Man Logan, Wolverine, number one. Oh, man. Okay, now, I know the song. I listened to the song this week, okay? And I said, how does this fit every rule? Like, obviously, it broke every rule. It's super gory, super bloody. It's set in the future, and it's not even within 616 continuity. Why are they trying to sell this? Why is it? It's not even a core title. But (laughs) what I came up with, how it fits, Tina is talking about she loves this guy so much that she's willing to break every rule. Is that correct? Yeah. And yeah. I think Mark Millar fell in love with his story so much that he was willing <laughs> to break every rule. And I think Marvel followed suit. And they just said, you know what? We know it's a bunch of stale, shallow story writing, but we just love it so much that we'll just let it go. <laughs> 
ridiculous. It's Mark Millar. He can do whatever he wants to. Ah, the only thing, the only thing he's written that I've liked is uh, that new one, his own, his icon title. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the only thing that I thought was I thought was cool. But the rest, not so much. Civil War was okay, but I don't like. I didn't like his Fantastic Four run. I don't. I didn't like his Ultimate stuff. I'm not a fan. His his Spider-Man stuff was okay. That 12 issue series uh, was mm-hmm. all right, but you know it was like it, it went all. But even and then, on. some of that was questionable. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. It was like it went on and on and on. It's like, oh, you finally figured it out, but I'm just going to add to the story. It wasn't even a plot twist. It was just adding to the story. It wasn't good. All right, my last, my second and last, Tina, is missing you. Missing you for the character of Storm, because I am missing Storm. <laughs> she is one of the ultimate X-Men characters, one of the ultimate Marvel Universe characters, and she's not here. She's nowhere to be found. <laughs> she She's like Marvel's premier female character, and she's nowhere. She's just, it's like if Iron Man or Wolverine or Spider-Man were just gone for the past three years, just didn't really do anything, just, you know, had a cameo here and there, it just wouldn't make any sense. I don't know why they're doing it to Storm because I'm missing her. I that's so that's so sad. That's so sad. <laughs> it is. That's my favorite character. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. You know why? Because she looks like Tina. That's why. That's it. They hate Tina. Marvel hates Tina Turner. <laughs> you you hear it, heard it here. Uh, you heard it here first. <laughs> Marvel hates <laughs> Tina Turner. Don't don't tell anybody that. Don't tell anybody. And uh, Jared's email address, where you can reach him, is... <laughs> All right, my last one. Very appropriate, I thought. Let's stay together. And this was for Dark X-Men Confession. Because Emma... And uh, Scott, they decide to work it out. And this kind of spans over um, Dark Avengers, Uncanny X-Men, Utopia, all the way through Exodus to the Confession, because they work it out. You know, and as callously as Scott threw away Gene with some, you know, fantasy in the mind, he, he actually sounds like he really wants to work things out with Emma and stay with her. And... You know, I thought I thought Gene was the perfect girl, but apparently he likes girls that are, you know possibly would betray him at a, at a drop of a hat, or want power, <laughs> or uh, are willing to, you know, do anything that is underhanded. But he wants to work it out, and I think he appreciates that kind of girl. So that goes out to you, Emma and Scott. And do you? What do you think about that whole relationship? Um. I, okay. Well, I, I hadn't. I hadn't read much of uh, Gene and Scott because I started reading during the new X-Men 114 where Grant Morrison jumped aboard and he started to destroy their marriage. So that's all I've known. 
I I could care less about the dynamic between the two and the relationship, but I do care how the other people regard Emma because they know that she's with Scott, and I think that has changed, and I do appreciate that. Yeah, there's a lot of good dynamic because a lot of people just hate her. I, I think she's okay, but like I said, I don't have that much history with the X-Men, so it's that's, that's probably part of it. That's probably part of it. And with Jean coming back, and let's face it, she's going to come back within the next year or two. You know, it should be interesting, but I think it would be way too telegraphed if Emma and Scott broke up now over this thing that um, Jean was going to come back. So I, I appreciate this. Well, was there anything else, sir? No, man, I'm good. I'm sorry we didn't get to more issues. No, that's okay. I mean, we did we did the three list ones briefly, so, you know, it's good. We're just here to point out the highlights, help everybody understand what's going on. And if people have suggestions, let us know if we're going too long-winded on something. That's what you guys want. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let us know. You need to email us or call us and uh, let us know what you think. Especially Andy's brother. Yeah, yeah. You need to call in and tell me why you subjected my household to bed bugs. That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, you go watch Survivor, and hopefully you'll survive. And uh, our listeners out there, hopefully you'll survive. Make yours Marvel 616 Politics, and good night. Good night. <laughs> I like that. I'm still looking for. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I like. I like how you say it. You have the perfect radio voice. You don't even know it. And Jared Mayo. No, <laughs> you're. <laughs> now I'm going to use that. That's, that's recorded. <laughs> <laughs> you be careful what you say. I got it. <laughs> Wasn't even thinking.